What's shaking cats and kittens? Rob Lee here, and today's episode of The Truth In His Art is sponsored by a new online art platform called Fire and Bliss Creative. Fire and Bliss is the first art platform that I've seen that focuses on the art of the LGBTQ plus BIPOC and ally artists exclusively. And I have to say, the pieces are amazing. Whether you're looking specifically to add diverse art to your collection, or you have a space that needs a bit of updating, every single print on fireandbliss.com has been created by a diverse, independent artist who maintains full control over their art and their profit. I work with Fire and Bliss to curate a collection of my favorite pieces, like Somewhere Blue by Wodrich Francois. Shop my favorites at fireandbliss.com backslash truth and get 20% off your first purchase at Fire and Bliss. Again, that's fireandbliss.com backslash truth and use the code truth for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, I'm chatting with a Brazilian artist specializing in illustration and graphic design. Her previous clients, her previous clients include uh, Microsoft, Xbox, Passport, Scotch, uh, nonprofits, artists, and small businesses. Please welcome Camila Liao. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Robbie. I'm so happy to be here. Nice to meet you. Uh, nice to meet you as well. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so I'm glad we were able to get this. I see. Look, here's the thing that's happening. I feel like I'm getting all the Brazilians that are local onto the podcast, mm-hmm. and then I'm just gonna have like a Brazilian series. It's like, yeah. So you know, I'm I'm, I'm big in Brazil now. We'll look at those downloads. Right. That's that's the thing. That's the thing. This is how I know where my reach is going. Um, <laughs> that's right. So I, I want to start off by um, getting and, and again welcoming you to the podcast, but start off by getting those those vital stats. Tell us your background and, 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 you know, tell us how you got started. Yeah, sure. So like you mentioned, I was born and raised in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and I moved to Maryland four years ago, and I've been in Baltimore for one year now. So about my background, um, you know, I started going to punk rock shows when I was about 13, 14 years old, and that's how I got introduced to creative people in art. Um, you know, when I started to pay attention to, you know, album covers, uh, flyers, T-shirts, you know, all those kind of creative things. And that's when I saw people like around my age, like doing cool things, you know, like getting there, put their, their hands on different things, you know, on all sorts of creative projects, uh, creative projects. So, you know, I felt like, oh, this is it. You know, this is really cool. I want to be part of it. So, in that same environment, I got to, you know, have other influences like, you know, DIY things, tattoo art, uh, street art, and music, of course. You know, I started my own bands at, around that age, and it was really cool. I got to do a lot of things, you know, like book shows for other bands, and besides shows, we always wanted to bring, like, I, I was part of a collective that used to book shows and we wanted to uh bring other things to shows so like we had some workshops you know art exhibitions it was very like underground (laughs) diy but it was really cool you know to have the opportunity to bring other things and we would like ask people to come in and uh you know have talks like from social movements to so it was really cool and then i decided i wanted to you know, go um, 
study graphic design. So I went to college mm-hmm. and that's when like I had a different perspective of art, you know, it was more like a real world thing, you know, I got, yeah, sense of, you know, marketing agencies, money, <laughs> you know, all the, <laughs> those things. And um, around that same time, like I wasn't very happy working for an agency. So I started working for this mixed media artist and he was like an independent artist and that was really cool because I was studying at the same time and I could have that other perspective of art that was like, you know, getting in touch with art galleries, being big art shows. And at the same time, he was like, I, I really identified with him because he also came from the punk rock scene, but uh, he had like other influences, rip, um, hip hop rap and skateboard you know so it was really cool it was like a mix of influences uh that you know helped me to make my art um and and that's like after i worked with him then i just went freelance i started just working for myself and until I moved to the U.S. and now I'm working for a stock image company mm-hmm. and I'm also doing freelance work. So when it comes to the black guy stock image, right? Mm-hmm. Here's your reference right here. Just, just use this <laughs> right here. Just like, yeah. Just, and then that's going to make me more famous. Um, okay, stupid. Um, so one of the things in in doing the research and reading over your because you know I've been internet stalking you so just so you know right. <laughs> so you know uh, tell me about the importance from from your perspective of providing um, uplifting art in urban spaces because I think often especially here here in Baltimore and mm-hmm. any urban like like city right well right. that's that's the definition of city. Um, we don't look at those spaces that might be blighted, that might not be the tourist attractions as being worthy mm-hmm. of art and worthy of being beautified. So so speak on the importance of providing that sort of art in those types of spaces. Yeah, sure. That's how I feel like, you know, growing up in Sao Paulo, that's like a giant city, you know, this giant metropolis full of like depressing gray concrete you know people think oh you're from brazil you know you must be used to all the nature and everything but not really sao paulo is like this massive city you know so it's great like and concrete for as far as your eye can see mm-hmm. um so but at the same time you know the there, there's always like this um art manifestations you know so there are like a lot of graffiti, street art, tags, you know, like, uh, it's, it's really inspiring at the same time, you know, you're in kind of depressing environment, but you see, you know, life, you see people like wanting to express themselves and, you know, say something or just like show something beautiful for people who are there. And when I moved here and I got, you know, I had the opportunity to work on, on a project painting urban structures uh, in the city of Towson, uh, I realized, you know, how rewarding and important it is to paint these vibrant colors and have, you know, like these designs in in the urban areas. Um, 
And I, I, I really, you know, one thing that really touched me was when I was painting this electric Bidget E box in, yeah. in Towson. And this lady came up to me and she was like, well, that was during the product thing, you know, the cicadas, <laughs> big event. <laughs> yeah. Why are you so out here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was there painting some like floral imagery and she was like wow this is really beautiful you know i never walk here but i'm walking today because of the cicadas because i'm afraid of them and now i'm going to change my route you know to to see your art to look at your art and that was really touching you know i feel like that's the point when i started painting these um structures Mm -hmm. it was right after the pandemic you know a little after so people were like starting to go back to the streets so it's nice you know to welcome them and you know provide something that they can look at or you know feel you know just just have that good feeling that uplifting feeling so yeah, that's important. That's fair. That's very important. Thank you for sharing that experience, by the way. But yeah, yeah it's it's huge. Where you you go to certain areas because like, oh wow, that's over here. Why, why is this house? Why is this house like abandoned? Or why is any no one taking paying attention to these particular things there? And I think mm-hmm. and, and I like hearing from from artists when there's an intentionality of I'm putting this over here in this area because people mm-hmm. need to be mindful of it and having that almost like real time um, feedback loop from someone. It's like no, I'm walking this way now because I see your work. Sure. And and that's really good. Your your work is beautiful. Like I've I got, like I said, I've been stalking. Just 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 so you know. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so so going into it, I, I think this this next question kind of hammers on and double down a little bit on that mm-hmm. last point. How does your work comment on current social or political issues? Right. Um, so yeah, like I mentioned, you know, going to punk shows at an early age <laughs> exposed me to like radical and progressive politics. Mm-hmm. So that's how it shaped my view of the world. And, and that's totally reflected in my art. Um, you know, I feel like art can be transformative, you know, it has like this transform- transformative power and we can definitely educate and inspire you know, and create a better world with it. So, um, I, you know, I'm super happy to like donate my time and my talent, you know, to like whatever project that is aligned with my, my overall ethics, you know, so that's really important to me. And I'm so happy that, you know, lately, even after I moved here and I didn't have any like network, any connections at all, because, when I moved, I didn't know anybody, you know, but I got to participate and, uh, you know, produce some some artwork for some projects that are, you know, about um, diversity, about the, the climate crisis um, subject, you know, so like create some awareness and, um, you know, connect that with how I feel about my, my way of viewing the world. So, yeah, yeah I, I think being able to, uh, we, especially with what, I, what I'm getting off of you, when you mentioned being involved in the punk scene, oh, those, those, yeah. those folks, they don't <laughs> care. They have, no, they don't believe in politics at all. They're just good old. No, it's like, no, we have something to say and you're going to hear it, damn it. Yeah. And, 
and and being and being aware of that and having that reflected in your art, I, I like hearing that from you. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things with it, when when people are on the fence and they're not sure, it's like, well, what is our art saying? Who, right. Tell me more about the artist. It's like, well, you're hearing it. You're you're hearing about the artist right now, <laughs> and um, from them, you know. So I think yeah. part of it is controlling one's narrative as to what they're about and what their values are and what their ethics are. So yeah. I commend you for for really speaking on that. Right. Now this is one. You know, you know. <laughs> as I as we progress, I start to get rid of all of the goodwill I'm creating. Right. So I added right. a new question that you don't have. <laughs> okay. Um, but this is a good one, and mm-hmm. I, I, I've become more interested in how um, how artists reflect, right? So tell me about re- reflection for you as, like, viewing the world today, viewing your work, viewing how you fit within the scene. Um, and just, just g- generally, what do you reflect upon, and what is your process upon reflection? You mean reflection of, like... Uh, thinking? Yeah, like really processing the situation. Like you might reflect on this podcast. It's like, yo, he mm-hmm. is a jerk or whatever, you know, like <laughs> he is not that good. Whatever the thing might be, like mm-hmm. how, when do you set up time to reflect? Like when you're having art scene or you're bringing in art or you're going to a show, when do you have time to reflect and what is your process like in that regard? Right. Um, I think I'm always reflecting, you know, especially when it's related to art. I'm always like, really like trying to have like a deep look, you know, on things. So, um, you know, try to get what was the feel that the, the artist, you know, had behind, you know, behind the scenes, you know, like what they, they meant with that and how, you know, what was the overall like, uh, vibe, you know, the environment they wanted to create with that. And I think that's reflected in other things too. Like, so being in bands, you know, that's something that, you know, it causes you a reflection. Like I had to, you know, compose some lyrics. And so that was like the moment that I felt most reflective about everything, you know? So like I had to like voice my opinions, you know, I had to put like words into, you know, into that kind of art. So yeah, I tried to, you know, be as much reflective as I, as I can. Yeah, I'm a reflective and pensive person, and uh, you know, you've you've listened to enough of these to try to find these kind of next level questions, or really get get to a a, a lower level, a deeper level with a, a person. Right. And you know, you can you can have the hokey. So, tell me about your art. No, that, <laughs> how many times has someone asked that? But if someone is asking, really, tell me about the person behind the art. What is baked right. into the art? What is painted yeah. in? To, to what one's doing, that's that's where the root of it is. So reflection, yeah. um, consideration, being mindful is very key. So sure. looking at when someone's putting out work, you know, we just look at it as, okay, they did the work, it's out, now it's for us to consume. That mm-hmm. feels like a transaction. And I right. really want to know, like, really, for one to produce this, what, what goes along with it? For mm-hmm. one to do their work, how are they feeling? What are they eating? It's like, you know, what, what, what is that whole, what's that person like when they're producing this great piece of work, this masterpiece, if you will? Right. Speaking which, yeah. Speaking of which, when you're crafting the masterpiece, when we craft our masterpieces, it takes time and effort. That isn't always noticed. We focus mm-hmm. on the end result. So what did you have to develop, try, or learn to really create your work? Obviously, it's, you know, education is a piece of it. So, t- so tell me mm-hmm. more about that. 
That's funny because, yeah, of course, like I, I went to college, but I feel like my life experiences, you know, like brought in so much of, you know, what I I tried to make in my art. Uh, but of course, like I'm always trying to learn, you know, and develop new things. Uh, I feel like my art started like in one way, you know, like I, I wasn't so much into like digital art. So I used to, you know, uh, make some paintings, collages, all sorts of things. And when I decided to, you know, get it more like, you know, like a digital vibe because I was studying graphic design and, you know, it was my whole world was like graphics, you know. So I tried to like uh, mix them together. So I would paint like some scribbles or I would like staples, a bunch of papers, you know, and I would go and uh, take pictures or scan those textures and put that into the digital art. So it, in, in the beginning, it was like a big mix, you know. And later on, I was like, ah, you know, I should try to do the whole process like digitally, see how how it's going to be. So um, that's like when I, I decided to get uh, uh, an, uh, a tablet. Yeah. So I started to draw in the tablet and, and then I pretty much, you know, make my whole process, uh, digital mm -hmm. and, but I feel like there's no, you know, there's no formula, you know, if I want to change, if I want to mix like different elements, I'll do that. But I'm always trying to learn new things, trying to improve new techniques. I'm like that kind of person, you know, that loves to do like all sorts of things. Like I take in like ceramic classes. I've done like silversmithing, <laughs> you know, I've done all you can imagine. So I love just like art and art expressions in like different ways, you know. So I'm always trying to do that even if it's not like on the art itself but on the side you know i feel yeah. that need of like also doing things with my hand because now my work it's pretty much digital but i like you know to do things build my own things but what i try to bring in while i'm doing this digital work is to like i started to create my own brushes and textures and yeah and <laughs> i've been trying to learn like how to you know manage and 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 work on different different softwares too yeah so yeah yeah i think you you do that deep i think you're like me in that regard where it's just like look i gotta dive into this i need to learn something i gotta right. add something there and yeah I, I think when you become a one-trick pony it's like i know how to do this and this is all i know how to do it's like yeah. that's great, but if if you're unable to do that, then what? If you're mm -hmm. if they don't make the software that you use, like it for for me doing this as a digital medium, right? right. Um, what other ones can you use, or what? How are you going to keep doing the thing? Because, um, like, I use like probably I know how to use like four different audio platforms to record mm -hmm. this. And yeah, a lot of people are like, I know how to use the one. It's like, you need to learn at least one other one just in case. I turn yeah. into MacGyver when it comes to capturing <laughs> audio. And it's like, I got to get it some way. And I think right. when, and, and that's just a pursuit. Like someone may ask, hey, what are you doing? I was like, reading this this thing on how to use this other recording platform or how to get audio in this fashion or how to clean up audio. Right. So yeah, there's this idea that you're presenting of like, well, I'm going to learn this other thing. I'm going to learn something new. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it gives us like a different perspective too. 
like we can always be prepared for something else there's always like you know there will be a different tool that you can explore so I like that you know having like you know knowing how to manage or work with different uh softwares platforms whatever it is or mediums if it's something that it's you know like hands-on a hands-on job like a painting you know you have different options or yeah I think it enables you to even see what you're doing differently with whatever your preferred platform or or tool is. You're like, oh, I understand that better now. And Mm -hmm. I think we learn other skills that um, are complementary. It's like, oh, well, I might do data, but it may make me think differently on how to order my podcast or how to, I might do some marketing stuff. It's like, oh, well, this is... um, let's say photography month for sake of argument, right. I should put up some photography interviews. I shouldn't just hold on to those. So uh-huh. it's just these learning these new things serve what you already know and just makes it more robust. Yeah, sure. Um, tell me about your choices when it comes to color. Color interests me. Your, your stuff is very vibrant. So <laughs> yeah. um, do certain colors have specific meaning for you? And uh, what colors do you choose um, most often? Right. Yeah. I tried to use like vibrant colors because I'm just like super attracted to them. Um, but I, you know, sometimes it really depends on the concept on or on the project I'm working on. You know, sometimes those colors will definitely have meaning, you know, uh, even if it's like to represent something specific mm-hmm. or to, you know, just create like a an atmosphere, you know, but um, it's not a rule for me, you know, I'll, I'll, I won't try to like have a specific meaning for every work I do. So, but I'm always like creating uh, color palettes, you know, so I'm, and I'm always trying to switch the colors because I have like some favorite colors, mm-hmm. but I don't want to make like, you know, every work, uh, I don't want to use the same colors for every work I do. So, uh, I'm trying to switch or combine different colors. You know, I like to add variations to, and it's funny sometimes. Like I have a digital piece, and then I look at it, and I was like, ah, you know what? I don't like these colors. I'm just going to change the whole thing. <laughs> I recolor everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. This 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 next question, and I, so there's two more questions here. This next mm-hmm. question is it's a little different. Um, okay. So. I'm going to change something and I'm going to ask you the question. So don't, don't be shocked when I do this. <laughs> okay. All right. So now my video is gone, right? Right. All right. What do you remember from what you saw and what did you forget? And why do you think you remember one thing and forgot another thing from what you saw? It could have been any image, it could have been what was, what I was wearing, could have been what I was speaking into things of that nature. What did you remember? What did you forget and why? Huh. <laughs> wow. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> that that was a question uh, that someone presented to me the other day of like, what are you really receiving? And then it's like, <laughs> what's the most prominent thing? And that that's right. I guess that's where we're going at. So what's the most prominent thing that you remember? Uh that I remember it was, you know, facial features, you know, like um I'm talking about you, right? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, what yeah, I was yeah. looking. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, it was somebody sure else that was. that was in the background. I don't know why they're here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. The facial features was the first thing I can remember. You know, the smile and 
gesture, you know, how you articulate, and the beanie, <laughs> the hat. <laughs> <laughs> I've always yeah. got a hat on. <laughs> it's like a yeah. logo. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me see what I I don't remember. What I forgot. Um, I don't know. I think I I can picture everything pretty clear in my mind. You know, the background. It was like. What what color what colors were I wearing? Was I wearing? It was gray. I'm not sure now. <laughs> was it gray or so black? So we're no. back. <laughs> oh yeah, gray. You're right. Yeah, got it. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but apparently, that's an exercise that that one uses. It was in a leadership course, and they were just talking about like, you know, what is the first thing that pops in your mind and. It, it might be that's what one looks at when they're appreciating art. It might be that's what right. one looks like when they're looking at an album cover or making marketing uh, purchases. So uh, thank, you for, cool. thank you for thank uh, you <laughs> for for indulging me with that. I um, like it. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, was there a microphone? So we were in the class and we would right. have people put on the video, then take it off, change something, like literally put on a different shirt, and it's mm-hmm. like, what's changed? And just oh, to see I if people see. were, yeah. So it was interesting. Yeah, very cool. Last question I have before I get to these really weird questions. Okay. <laughs> so w- w- when is, for you, when is creative work ready to share? Maybe your own practice, not necessarily something that has a deadline attached to it per se. When you're doing yeah. your own work, when do you feel it is ready to share? And what factors prevent or encourage you from taking creative risks? Hmm. That's something I actually struggle with. You know, I, I feel like there's always something that can be changed, you know, I can redo the colors, like I mentioned, you know, I can apply like uh, a different effect or I can add a, another element, you know, I, I try to not be like too much of a perfectionist. So when I have like that, you know, the feeling that, oh, okay, I'm satisfied, you know, how how it looks, uh, with how it looks, with the result, I'll just put it down and put it away. You know, I'll, I'll do something else and then I'll come back and I'll have like a sort of like a clear eye, clear mind, you know, and then when I look at it, I'm going to know for sure if, if I'm happy with it and, or, you know, if I want to make any changes. So that's how I try to do that because otherwise, you know, if I just keep working on it, I'm going to change it a thousand times, <laughs> especially like in the digital formats, you know, it's just so easy to like redo something. So, or like delete something, yeah. you know, so, um, and what encouraged me to take creative risks? Yeah, that's, that's a tricky one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I've always been like a sort of an introvert, you know, a shy kid. So that's definitely a factor. Yeah. Surprise. (laughs) So shy. Shocking. (laughs) Yeah, super shy. I had no idea. (laughs) And yeah, that that was one thing, like moving to a different country, you know, Mm -hmm. not like really knowing the language, you know, like, of course, I worked a lot on it in the past four years, but those have all like been factors that, you know, kind of made me, uh, you know, have some, a little bit of fear, you know, about some things of like how to present my art and yeah. But, um, let me see what encouraged me. It's definitely like how I want to keep doing this, you know? So 
like yeah okay i'm shy i'm, I'm i don't really like have a specific network because in brazil like i i was kind of like in a i had this comfort zone you know like i knew friend you know i knew people uh in the art world you know i like I, I had my friends, I had my family, you know, I had all that support around me. So like whenever I wanted to take some risk, like I knew, you know, if it didn't work, I, I could plan, you know, something different and, mm-hmm. and have that support. And that's something that that's definitely something that, uh, you know, it's harder here. Um, but at the same time, like I feel like I can focus on my work and what I'm doing right now and improve, you know, my ideas, my techniques. And, and that's something encouraging to, to me. That's great. That is great. Mm-hmm. So you know what time it is, right? Yeah. It's, it's oh yeah. So with all the goodwill that I've established and all of the smoothness, all of that nervousness you may have had early on is gone, right? It's going to come back. Oh, oh. It's all going to come back. I'm sorry. Coming back. <laughs> so the way that this works, you you know how this works. Let me not even. So, all right. I got five yeah, questions Yeah, I'm a fan you. of your podcast. Thank you. That, that means a lot. So yeah. I got five questions for you. All right. All right. What is your proudest moment as a creative? Oh, wow. My proudest moment. It is hard. I think I'm going to put a timer in here for future references because people are like, I don't know what this is like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just joking. Uh, um, proudest moment. You know, there, there are a couple of like moments that I felt proud. Some of them were like, okay, my family is finally understanding what I do and they feel, you know, they feel good about what I'm doing. Like yeah. they feel I'm, they feel like I'm doing this for the right reasons, you know? So that's, that's important. And the other proudest moments were just, you know, being able to work with uh, projects that I really like care and that I think it's relevant for the, the world we live right now. So, you know, like the, just to give an example, like the most recent project, I, I designed a t-shirt for this indigenous community in Brazil and that was like also really rewarding and important, you know, and I, I had this message, you know, that like Brazil is an indigenous land and that was really like, you know, I felt good that I was invited to be part of this and, you know, yeah. Great. Next one. Favorite movie. Favorite movie. <laughs> it's really hard. I was afraid you would ask me this because I'm you that hear kind it all of the time, person. don't you? Yeah. <laughs> but like I'm the kind of person that I watch a movie and you know the next day I'm not gonna remember half <laughs> of it. <laughs> okay, our friend is really a, bad. What was the last yeah. movie you watched? Oh, the last movie. That's even worse. That's even worse? Yeah. Oh gosh. Favorite <laughs> <laughs> Those are all bad. You had no idea how bad I am with like names, you know, or names it's like, of what's movies. The, it's like, what's the first movie you've forgotten? Well, I can remember. I can, I can tell you that one. All of them. No. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know. I, I've been watching a lot of TV shows, but well, t- movies, I'm trying to think show, what then. is the last one. Give me a TV show, then. TV show. Um, let me see. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm really bad with this stuff. Like, I'm. 
I'm a big I have TV a, nerd. a memory of a, of an amoeba, you know. <laughs> no memory. Sometimes I start like I start watching a movie and I'm like, I feel like I've seen this, you know, but I only remember like by the end of the movie and my yeah. partner gets really annoyed with me because of that. Really funny. That's funny. Um, ah, Man, we can just get it. Okay. <laughs> this is that's a first. I've skipped. I've skipped it. See? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I'm All right. Uh, are you a collector? Do you collect anything? And if so, what do you collect? Yeah, I'm co- I'm collect uh, vinyl records. Nice. That's yeah. See, so I'm young. You know, I've been collecting all these records, and I had a lot of books. To be honest, like I used to collect a lot of things like toy art. You know, but uh, after I went on tour with my band and I lived off, you know, of a backpack. I had just only a backpack with me, and I toured the country for <laughs> two months. Oh, wow. I was like, you know, I don't need a lot of stuff. You know, so I went back and I got rid of everything. It was just like you know, a life-changing experience for me because I realized, you know, I don't need to collect all those things, but I'm still, like, attached to my records. <laughs> but yes. the toys and, like, these other things, I totally got rid of it. And I and I still collect art, you know, from friends and, you know, just little things like papers, you know, little drawings people yeah. are going to give me. Yeah, I like to have those little memories. <laughs> I, co- I collect a few things, but, yeah, sometimes you got to purge. Um, I'm building out a vinyl collection. I have a... And maybe yeah. I have maybe about 10, 10 records right now. It's small, but <laughs> I, I just there. I just started like like last year maybe. Oh, um, okay. And um, but I have a lot of toys in here. This right. is what this is why the background is blurry, so you can't see all of my toys. And you're like <laughs> you're thirty seven and got toys. What's your problem? Uh, <laughs> and I would be like, this interview is over. Click. Uh, okay, so <clears throat> I've noticed. Um, Certain th- certain themes in in your work. Um, I've seen um, animals represented. I've seen different iconography represented: the sun, moon, so on. Um, mm-hmm. What is your favorite thing to create and, and illustrate, rather? Oh, right. I think that bear animals. pops. By the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love to like. I started drawing pets last year, and it was really fun. You know, I love animals. I you know I've been like in in the animal rights world for a while now so like i just love animals in general but pets you know i have like a special thing for them like especially dogs like i'm totally like a dog lover (laughs) so yeah i really like drawing pets and animals or any nature related things those are my favorite for sure (laughs) i might have a 90 pound furry friend to introduce you to he's a a big sheeper dude who's a big baby oh He's great. Though. He's great. Um, now this is this is one that I've added in. So you probably haven't heard this one before. This this rapid fire question, but this is one of my new favorites. Okay. What is the first letter of your favorite curse word? The first letter of my favorite curse word. Um... <laughs> it can be it can be in Portuguese too if you want. That'd be great. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think D is the one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you you don't have to tell me that off mic. Um, so, so thank yeah, you for sharing that. I would say that. damn. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to say. No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. Um, <laughs> that's great. So um, that's pretty much it for me. Um, all the questions okay. that I have. But one, I want to thank you for being on this podcast. And two, I want to invite you and encourage you to tell the fine folks where to check out you, your work, all of that good stuff. 
Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, I've been listening to your podcast and you have no idea like how impactful it was, you know, as a, an immigrant coming here, like not really knowing Baltimore, it has helped me a lot. And I really love like listening to everybody <laughs> that is here. And yeah, thank you so much for the work you do. And well, whoever wants to connect and you can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's my name, Camilla X Leo at G, uh, sorry, I was about to say my, my, my email, but that's it. I'm on Instagram. If you type Camilla Leo, you can find me. That's pretty much where I have all my work. Uh, I'm working on my website right now, but yeah, Instagram is the best way. <laughs> So there you have it, folks. I want to again thank uh, Camilla Liao for coming on to the podcast. And I am saying that there is art in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it. Mm-hmm.